Welcome to the Center for Christian Spirituality podcast. What follows is an audio recording of the weekly contemplative worship service at Chapelwood United Methodist Church in Houston, Texas. For the next 40 minutes, you are invited to engage and rest with scripture, music, prayer, silence, and brief meditations. Our hope is that you will allow wherever you are right now to be a sacred space for you, perhaps by resting in a favorite chair or lighting a candle, by gazing out a window or relaxing outside. A guide for this contemplative worship experience, including prayers, scriptures, and song lyrics, is available in PDF format at www.chapelwood.org. You can visit that same website to learn more about the Center for Christian Spirituality. The Center provides resources for people who seek a deepening relationship with God in a way that transforms their relationship with God, others, self, and the world. We are grateful you're sharing the journey with us today.
soul, the treasure lies, the God of heaven and the resides within, within this temple built of flesh and bone, contains inside God's holy throne. invite you now to place yourself in an open and receptive position, sensing your body being supported and having an open mind and a softened heart to receive and hear uh, these familiar words. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread as we forgive and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Or our Abba, the one in the Shemayim, Kadesh be your Shem. Your Malkuth come, your Ratzon be done, as in the Shemayim, so on earth. Give us this day our lechem hamahar, our bread of tomorrow, and release us from our chob as we release our debtors. And do not let us be carried into Massah, but deliver us from harah, from the evil. Because yours is the malkuth and the geburah and the tiferet forever. Amen. And also, from the final chapter in 1 Chronicles, a prayer of David before he passes from this world. Then David blessed the Lord, blessed Yahweh, in the presence of all the assembly. David said, Blessed are you, O Yahweh, the God of Israel, our Father, 
forever and ever. To you, O Yahweh, is the greatness and the power and the beauty and the victory and the glory for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. O Yahweh, yours is the kingdom, and you are exalted as head above all. The wealth and the honor come from your presence, and you reign over all. In your hand are strength and power, and it is in your hand to make great and to give strength to all. And now, our God, we give thanks to you and praise your beautiful name. Amen. So we um, are almost at the end of our slow walk through um, the Lord's Prayer, the prayer of our Abba, as we've been looking at um, what are the, uh, the Hebrew and Aramaic um, the background to this prayer. Um, and we come now to this, this doxology at the very end um, that if, if you look in your, your Bibles, um, you might see there's an asterisk that comes right after and um, deliver us from evil uh, because some ancient manuscripts actually do not include this final phrase, yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Um, but it was probably er- added very, very, very early on. It was a common um, doxology in the Jewish tradition. And it comes from uh, and is inspired by this passage that we just read from First Chronicles 29 where David is, has gathered all this material for the building of the temple that he knows that he will not be able to build. But he is preparing Solomon, his son, um, with all the resources so that the temple might be built. And before he dies and passes away, he, he has this great um, worship service uh, for all of the people um, and worshiping God. And he, he offers this prayer, this, this beautiful doxology. And if you noticed in the, the passage, there were several words that we highlighted that are in that First Chronicles 29 passage. And those are the same words that appear at the very end of this doxology in the Lord's Prayer and the prayer of our Abba. For yours is the Malkuth. Yours is the sovereignty. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is all the sovereignty. Um, yours is the Geburah. Yours is the strength or the power, um, the, the, uh, the name of the archangel Gabriel comes from the same word, um, Gabriel, God of Geburah, God of strength, God of might, God of power. So yours is the sovereignty, yours is all strength. And also, this last word is interesting. In Hebrew, it's tiferet, which really means beauty, beauty. And it can also mean glory, but glory because glory, uh, beauty is so glorious. Yours is the beauty. I love that. And it just puts a different kind of spin on glory can seem so kind of abstract sometimes, glory, but, but yours is the beauty. All beauty comes from you. And so it seems like at the very end of this prayer, it's, it's a seal almost on the whole prayer. And in some ways, it recapitulates some of the main themes that Yeshua is inviting us to pray. And it's, it's, for me, it's almost as if at the very end, we step back and see the big picture again. And in the midst of in the midst of being tempted not to forgive, in the midst of being tempted to fall into the place of Massah and forgetfulness, in the midst of the temptation to go 
with the hurrah, the yetzer hurrah, the evil inclination, we can step back and see the big picture is yours is the sovereignty. Yours is the strength. All strength comes from you. I, I, can, I can face any temptation, any of these things that are coming to me, any of these things that are pulling me to forget or to not forgive or to go with that which is not beautiful. All strength comes from God. All sovereignty, ability comes from God. I can rule my thoughts. I can rule my atmosphere. Uh, I can be a sovereign in the midst of this day. I can do that which is beautiful. I can choose beauty. And so at the end of this prayer, we step back. We see the big picture. And we remember that these divine qualities that are God are ours as well. To be a child of Abba is to have these divine qualities within us as well. To be a part of the Malkuth means that we can step into our own sovereignty. To be a part of God's realm means we have this divine strength within. To be a part of God's Malkuth means we can choose to do the beautiful and to hallow the beautiful name of God in all that we do. May we live in light of this wisdom. May we step into it. May we walk in it. Unleashing these divine qualities from within us into our world. May it be.
who is back on September the 4th when we discussed your kingdom, your Malkuth come. It was a fascinating service and we touched on the subjects of sovereignty and what it means for a king to reign. I enjoyed the service. It gave me lots to think about. And then four days later, Queen Elizabeth II passed away. Suddenly, sovereignty and kingship was not just something that I thought about. It was something I felt. And it surprised me as I began to navigate the complex emotions of grieving somebody that I'd never met, but someone who'd been a constant presence my entire life. The idea of kingdom and sovereignty suddenly moved from an intellectual exercise to an emotional one, from abstract thought and questions to something concrete and real that was happening in the country of my birth. People texted, called, asked me questions about how I was feeling, checked in with me. They also asked historical and questions about how secession works in the UK and my opinions on King Charles III. I listened to hours of news I saw an outpouring of collective grief, a celebration of a life lived in service, and I also heard interviews with people calling for the abolishment of constitutional monarchy, and heard countries contemplating leaving the Commonwealth. The constancy and stability that Queen Elizabeth II had been for me and for my country was gone. And if you've been following the news from the UK this week, it seems that this uncertainty is spreading. You only have to read through the books of Kings and Chronicles in the Old Testament to know that turmoil and monarchy was something that the Jewish listeners to Jesus were very, very familiar with. Kingdoms split over issues of secession as different factions fought for power. In the midst of that, we are asked to pray, your kingdom come. I hear the phrase, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory differently to how I heard it seven weeks ago. It's become a reminder to me to recalibrate the lenses that I look at the world through. This world, these kingdoms, these power structures, these are not all that there is. And if I get too invested in buying into them, it's going to be a problem. It's a challenge for me to surrender my own desires for power, for control, even for glory, and to offer it instead to God. It's an invitation to look at the bigger picture of God's sovereignty and to find stability in someone who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Kingdoms crumble. Rulers change. Systems evolve. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. 
where today do you need to just speak that into your own life, to speak that affirmation of God's presence, power, control, and beauty? Where do you need to hear that as a comfort to yourself today? Let's pray. Powerful and memorable pieces of great speech are short, succinct, and directly to the point. They end with a powerful statement that summarizes all that has come before. In Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, if you analyze it, you realize it has less than 300 words, and it took him less than two minutes to speak yet it is one of the most powerful speeches in human history, certainly in America. And it ends with these words. And that government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from the earth. Jesus' Lord's Prayer has less than 70 words. And it concludes with this powerful phrase, for thine, for yours, is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. As most of you know, I um, studied and I practiced law before entering the ministry. And while I was in practice, I worked for a civil litigation firm that tried cases in the Harris County Civil Courts. And I learned that one of the most important parts of putting on a case before a jury is the closing argument. It's the encapsulation of all that's gone on, all the testimony that this jury has heard, perhaps for days, sometimes for weeks. And the lawyer wants them to remember one final thing, one takeaway, something to carry with them as they go into that jury deliberation. It's as if the lawyer is saying, 
If you remember anything that I have said during this entire case, remember this. And that's what I feel like this final line of the Lord's Prayer is like. It's the summation of all that has been taught in the prayer. It's the so what statement. It's the therefore statement. In light of all that's been said, therefore, remember this. I feel like in some ways it's a one-line confession of faith. It summarizes all that Jesus has said. Yours, Father, is the kingdom. And yours is the power. And yours is the glory forever. Yours is the rule and reign in my life, in my family, in my relationships, and in all the world. And I do not live this life that I'm called to live out of my own strength, out of my own power, but by yours, your power dwelling in me and in all things, in my words, my actions, my work, my worship, my waking and my sleeping, may you be glorified this day and forever. So I would invite you to sit with this for just a moment and make this succinct line your prayer, your confession of faith. Would you sit with this in the silence? Would you pray that one line out of this entire prayer? And ask yourself, what difference will this make if I live this way in my life this week? For yours is the kingdom. And yours is the power. And yours is the glory. Forever. From you is born all ruling will. 
the power and life to do, the song that beautifies all, from age to age it renews. Out of you, the queen and kingship, ruling principles, the I can of the cosmos. Out of you, the vital force, producing and sustaining all life, every virtue.
Please join me now as we offer this prayer of consecration together using these words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Abba, the one in the Shemayim, Kadesh be your Shem, your Malkuth come, your Retzon be done, as in the Shemayim, so on earth. Give us this day our Lechem HaMahar, and release us from our Chob as we release our debtors. And do not let us be carried into Massah, but deliver us from Hara, because yours is the Malkuth and the Geburah and the Tiferet forever. Amen. And so we do remember on the night before he gave himself for us. He took the bread. And after giving thanks to you, our Abba, our source and origin, he broke it and he gave it to his beloved ones. And he said, take this, eat this. This is my body broken for you. Do this in deep remembrance. Do this in remembrance of me. May this be for you the bread of tomorrow, the bread of heaven, the bread from above to nourish you, to energize you, to give you life that you may walk in beauty. And in the same way, he took the cup and he poured it. And he gave thanks to you, our Father. And then he gave it to his beloved ones and said... This is the cup of the new covenant of my blood, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Take, drink, and every time you do, remember me. Remember my kingdom, my power, my glory and beauty that lives in you too. Let us pray. Oh, Abba, pour out your power, glory, and beauty upon these gifts of bread and cup, 
May they be for us all that we need for the living of this day, for the walking through of these days, and for our good, your glory, and our healing. It's in your name that we partake of this table. Amen. We have two communion stations, which we invite you to come forward and receive. And when you do, just place your hands out like this in a cup. Uh, and we, uh, this communion server will place a bit of bread in your hands. And then you can take the cup, and you're welcome to make your communion at the prayer rails or back at your seats or wherever you like. There are baskets and the first pews for your empty cups. If you need a gluten-free option, we invite you to the organ side. Just tell your communion server. The candle bakes are open for your prayers. These are the gifts of God for the children of God. Would you come?
It has been good to be together this morning. Thank you for all that you bring to this space each and every week. After our service today over in the Anchor House, we have a time of worship response, of discussion about what we have experienced here in the service. Um, so I invite you over to the Anchor House at 10 o'clock for that in the great room. I'd also like to draw your attention that we, the first Monday of Advent will be set aside as a day of prayer in the Anchor House um, with lunch provided. And you can, the registration is open and you can uh, begin um, thinking about that and making plans for that. And please uh, signing up whenever you have um, decided that that's something that you're able to do. And finally, um, this morning after worship, Michael is going to be heading out to the Holy Land. He, along with our other pastor um, in the sanctuary community, Joseph Clam, will be leading a group of pilgrims, about 30 people, um, to Israel and to Jordan. And so would you pray for him and for them over the next couple of weeks? Um, I would appreciate that, um, but I know that they would too, that all the places that they go, that they would know the beauty and the glory and the power and the kingdom of God, that all may be beauty as they walk. So as we um, turn to face the week ahead, you're invited to sit here as long as you need to receive that benediction, that good word of spirit that comes from deep within, let us receive. Mm -hmm. 